Why do we bother having intelligence agencies if they're ignored? Hi, this is Phil Gursky, President and CEO of Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting in Russell, Ontario, Canada. You're listening to Quick Hits, short podcast about national security. Okay, you know I'm Canadian. I'm a very proud Canadian, born and raised here. When you cut me, I believe me believe red. So I'm just Canadian as you can get. And yet, I must confess to a certain level of disappointment on several levels when it comes to uh, the state of my country, the nature of the current government, what it does and what it doesn't do, some of the people that are running it, and more importantly, given this is a podcast on national security, I am befuddled, disappointed, and crestfallen, great word, crestfallen, when it comes to my government's inability to understand intelligence. I just came across... Uh, A a quote from uh, my Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, who claims he was never briefed that candidates in the 2019 federal election may have been influenced by financing from the Chinese government. Really? Okay, look, I don't work for CSIS anymore, the Canadian Security Intelligence Service, but I'm pretty sure that if there was intelligence that suggests that China was trying to sway candidates or sway populations to vote for members of parliament, MPs who were uh, more open or more, uh, I don't know, kowtowing to Chinese interests, something that would have been on the CISA's agenda and they would have advised officials of that. So either Trudeau's lying or my former organization's incompetent or the truth is somewhere in the middle. But as I've complained on many occasions in the past, uh, Canada has a woeful intelligence culture, almost non-existent, where successive governments of whatever political stripe just don't seem to get the use of intelligence. They ignore it. It's inconvenient. We just had the National Security Intelligence Advisor, Jody Thomas, say that she got an assessment from CSIS with respect to the Freedom Convoy, more on that in a bit, which she didn't like, and so she asked for another assessment. You know, if I don't like the news I'm getting, I'll get my news from somewhere else. That seems to be the nature of the government. And I thought that Canada was particularly egregious in this regard until I came across an article in the November 5th edition of The Economist. Now, I've talked about The Economist a lot. I've been subscribing to it for donkey's years. I think it's still one of the best single sources of news in the world. This is with respect to China's relations with Germany. And it turns out that China is a very important economic partner for Germany. Uh, German businesses do a lot of uh, deals with China. Uh, Apparently, uh, it says last year, China was Germany's top trading partner for the sixth consecutive year with combined exports and imports of more than 245 billion euros, which is like a gazillion dollars Canadian. So we're talking a lot of business here. The problem is, is that, uh, you know, there are issues with China, whether it's Huawei and the domination of the 5G network or Chinese interference in domestic affairs. It's not just Canada that has these problems. And according to the the article that that I read, uh, these concerns are in Germany too. And it turns out, that the um, in late October, uh, Mr. Schultz, who is the uh, Chancellor of, of Germany, he's a member of the Social Democratic Party, decided to, to, quote, ignore the warnings of six of his ministers, as well as the heads of the domestic and foreign intelligence agencies, so the BFV and the BND, and let Costco, a Chinese state-run shipping company, buy a stake in one of four container terminals in the port of Hamburg. In other words, business trumps intelligence. Business trumps national interest. I'm disappointed. I didn't think, I thought Germany was better than that. I thought Germany got intelligence. Um, Yeah, they've had issues with it historically under the Nazi regime, which is why you have so many 
state intelligence services along with the federal ones. It's a kind of a need a menu to see who's at bat in in uh, in terms of who's saying what in Germany. But to hear that a, a major Western power is engaging with China based solely on economic interests and ignoring security ones is very disheartening. So I guess it's not just Canada's doing this, my, our German neighbors are as well. But more importantly, to turn back to this notion of what intelligence agencies are for, what their mandates are, what they do, what they can't do, what they should do, etc. I got a comment on the, on the inquiry into the Freedom Convoy that's going on now. This is an inquiry in Ottawa to determine why, in fact, the Trudeau government invoked the Emergencies Act on February the 14th of this year to put an end to the, as one local DJ calls it, the, the Freedom Clownvoy, essentially a dog's breakfast of actors that had paralyzed downtown Ottawa, set up blockades near Windsor, major transit point for U.S.-Canada uh, trading, uh, trade relationships and the shipment of goods, as well as on the uh, border between Alberta and the United States, and as well as Manitoba. And the Trudeau government decided enough's enough. We're going to invoke the Emergencies Act, which is essentially the suspension of civil liberties. A very serious act that has very serious implications and is only supposed to be invoked, and I quote, when there is a threat to national security. Here's where it gets interesting. The director of my former organization, David Vigneault, said categorically a couple of weeks ago that CSIS had looked into the sundry elements of the Freedom Convoy, done their due diligence, done their investigations, and concluded that, in fact, they did not pose a threat to national security as described under Section 2 of the CSIS Act. Now, Section 2 has four major threats, uh, foreign intelligence, foreign interference, which is kind of what China is doing with elections, political violence, which is terrorism, and subversion or the overthrow of the state. So I'm guessing that they looked at the threat from the from the perspective of sections 2C and D, i.e. terrorism subversion, and came to the conclusion there's no there there. This is the CSIS assessment. They've done their work, they've collected the intelligence, they've assessed it, they've corroborated it, and this is the best opinion that they can give. And CSIS's job is to advise. Here's what we know. You can take our advice, you can Ignore it. You can shove it up your ass. We don't care. This is what we're doing. Well, yesterday, and I'm recording this on November the 22nd, so the November 21st, David Vigneault appeared before the inquiry and said that while CSIS didn't believe there was a threat to national security, he reconsidered and decided that the Emergency Act was necessary because there's broader definitions of national security at stake. Well, what are those broader definitions? Either they're within laws or not. They're certainly not within the CSIS Act because he said CSIS didn't see a threat. So what does the Emergencies Act say? Well, under the threats to public order, which I'm pretty sure this would fall under, uh, Serious Heck wasn't a wartime, it wasn't an epidemic. This is the part of the act that would cover this. It said threats to national security as defined under Section 2 of the Seizes Act. So let me get this straight. The Emergencies Act says when it comes to understanding what constitutes a threat to national security, we will use the Seizes Act. And Seizes just said, Based on our legislation, there's no threat to national security. So where's the wiggle room of interpretation here? Well, we've heard all kinds of shit the last couple of days. Uh, Jody Thomas says that rhetoric is a threat to national security. Boy, that would get her a lot of, a lot of trouble in philosophy classes at the university. We've had Bill Blair say that fear is a, is a national security threat, which may be a joke on CBC, the national broadcaster, that perhaps we should list, I don't know, snakes and spiders as national security threats because they're very fearful. 
We now have people saying that social cohesion is it, you know, threats to co- social cohesion are a national security threat. Who's making this shit up? And for the CSIS director to basically do an about face and tell the inquiry that he's changed his mind and he recommended the Emergencies Act because he recognized that there are broader interests at stake here is an absolute betrayal of the organization and the men and women who work there. I retired. I've been gone for seven, eight years now. But I can't imagine the mindset and and how the spirit's been sucked out of the men and women who work for CSIS and go in every day to do the best jobs they can to protect Canadians. They've been told by their director, your assessment isn't worth a piece of shit. It's not worth the paper it's written on. I'm going to go with a, a, a broader political statement. And don't, get, and, and, you know, don't minimize this. This is a Hail Mary for the Trudeau government. As a friend of mine told me, this is a TSN you know, turnaround. TSN is the, the sports network, kind of ESPN in Canada. This is going to save the Trudeau government's ass. Because they can say, well, CSIS said we should invoke the Emergency Act. And CSIS is the National Authority of National Security Threats. So I guess I got CSIS' uh, support on this. This is an absolute abomination of national security on so many levels. First of all, you have a director who is making up that there's definitional changes when there are none. This Emergencies Act and CSIS actually the exact goddamn thing. Secondly, you have a government that says, well, the, the definition of threat's not broad enough. We need to change it. Go ahead and change it. Revamp the law. Put the law before Parliament. Put it to a vote. You don't just make up stuff on, on something you pull out of your arse this morning and decide, well, I'm going to decide what, what makes a change in our security. As a friend of mine who wrote a, a letter to the editor said, it's, it's like it's like if you were stopped for speeding for doing 90 kilometers, 100 kilometers on because the police decided, well, you know, 100 kilometers isn't a, a good enough standard anymore. It really should be 90. Well, the law says 100. You can't book somebody for doing 90 in a 100 zone when it's not illegal. That's what the Trudeau government has just done. I don't know, guys. Uh, this is a um, this is a really bad moment for Canadian intelligence. So it's either ignored or it's used for political purposes. I have no idea why David Vigneault did this. I'm rocking my brain. I'm not trying to get all conspiracy theory on you. But something happened. I don't know what it was. Did someone whisper in his ear? I don't know. But this absolute, you know, volteface, this, this turnaround, which made a mockery of the intelligence process and a mockery of the efforts by the men and women who work so diligently and professionally to provide assessments. Yeah, you know what, it'll pass. Yeah, we'll move on. We'll you know, start talking about hockey, although not hockey here in Ottawa because the Senators suck. They lost 5-1 again last night. They're, they're, a, they're a terrible team. God forbid the Leafs win the Cup this year. But the bottom line is, is that nothing's changed when it comes to intelligence in Canada. It's ignored, it's misused, it now appears to have been co-opted for political purposes. This doesn't happen in a a liberal democracy. This happens in Kazakhstan. And for Canada, which which deems itself to be a proud member of the first world, a truly democratic country where the rule of law applies, where changes are only made in accordance with rules, as opposed to whims, as opposed to something that you pulled out of your arse that morning, this is not a good sign. As somebody who worked in intelligence for 32 years, I'm ashamed at what has happened here. Like, man, maybe I'm making too much of it. Like I said, I'm retired. I can just, you know, watch the grass grow. Although, how much grass grow now? I got a foot of snow on my lawn. Or take care of my grandkids or do whatever kind of thing. But 
I do feel for the men and women who work in intelligence and law enforcement. They have been slew-footed. They have had that rug pulled under them due to political concerns to try to make, you know, what is it, a, uh, a purse out of a pig's ear? Is that the phrase they use? This is not a good thing, guys. And I am at wit's end trying to understand it. Maybe we should just close seasons, put a for sale sign. Why bother with intelligence if it's not going to be used the way it should be? Anyhow, that's what I think. Curious what your views are on the Freedom Clown Boy and this turnaround by the CSIS director. Love to hear your feedback. You can reach me on email, borealisrescuegmail.com or on Twitter so far, unless I quit Twitter, uh, at borealisaves. You can also find me on LinkedIn and on Facebook. If you want more content, go to the website, borealisrescuegmail.com. Hit the subscribe button. You get all the content, blogs, podcasts there, free of charge as well as a link to my latest book, The Peaceable Kingdom, A History of Terrorism in Canada from Confederation to the Present, self-published. It's also available on Amazon Kindle. Love to hear your feedback. Drop me a line, maybe suggestions for other topics. Talk to you again soon. Until then, take care.